Personal finance is exactly that. It's personal and unique to your situation. So the last thing we all need is a traditional money expert insisting that we follow the same old rigid rules that just don't work for us. Whether you're just starting to manage your money, regardless of your age, or want to hear another perspective on a money topic you already feel good about, this Latina covers it all. Welcome to the Check Your Money podcast with Norma Vargas, where this season I encourage you to be limitless. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Check Your Money with your host, Norma Vargas. In today's episode, I decided I'm going to actually check my money. I want to show you exactly what I've done over the last mm, 12-ish years and how my account has grown and, you know, gains and losses and and all of that jazz. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode because I'm actually really looking forward to literally checking my money with you guys listening. So as I've stated before, I've got a few accounts with E-Trade. They were originally with ING Bank, and then over the years, they've just kind of merged and bought and and all that kind of stuff. So now it is E-Trade. I've got a brokerage account. I've got my managed portfolio, which is the money where like I put it in there and they manage it. The brokerage account is where I have my stocks, the stuff that I choose. I've got a 401k that I rolled over. So it's actually an IRA rollover now. And that was from a previous job. And then I've got the Roth IRA. Now, the account that I'm going to walk through today is my Roth IRA. A Roth IRA is an investment account. It's a retirement account that you can open at a brokerage such as E-Trade, Vanguard, Fidelity, stuff like that. It is intended for retirement. What's really nice is that you can actually pull money out of here, your principal, which is the money you've put in, without penalty for certain reasons. Now, the reasons change as time passes and tax laws are made and stuff like that. But you can take it out, I believe, for a first-time homeowner you can take it out for school expenses. So it's a great way to save for college. And then if your person, you know, child, niece, nephew, whoever it is, doesn't use it, then you you have it there for your retirement. There is a limit as what as to what you can contribute. The limit right now is $6,000. And the money grows in there without being taxed when you pull it out at retirement because it's after tax income that you're putting in, meaning you've already been taxed on it in your paycheck, basically. And now you've taken that after tax money and you put it in there. It grows, it compounds and dividends and all that kind of stuff. And after 59 and a half, you can withdraw from that particular account and not get penalized, not get taxed, nothing. So it's a little different from a 401k. A 401k is pre-tax, which means that you have not been taxed on this money in your paycheck. You have to decide what works for you. For me, I need the tax benefits now. So I prefer to put a bulk of my money in my 401k so that I get that tax benefit. But what's going to happen is as I leave it in there as a 401k, when I retire, 
that money that has hopefully grown, I will get taxed on it. So I'll have whatever my tax bracket is at that time, I'll get taxed on what I take out. Both what I've put in, whatever my company has matched, as well as the growth. So that's the difference between the 401k and the Roth. Now the Roth, I printed out some of my, I printed out my statements for it. And I see that I opened it in April of 2009. Now, what I do remember is that I used to contribute uh, $375 a month into this account. At that time, we were a two-income household. I could afford it. And that's what I did just for a few years. Uh, Once my ex-husband moved out of the house, I realized that, unfortunately, this would have been discretionary income and I couldn't afford to save it for retirement and actually stopped contributing for some time. So as of right now, and I'm going to be totally real with you guys, and I hope I don't have any long lost cousins that reappear after this, but again, this is my retirement money. But as of right now, when I printed this out, it was March 2nd, 2021 at 2.11 PM. Now, why am I specifying the date and the time? Well, that's because throughout the course of the day, your account will rise or fall. It really depends on the time you check on your account. So while I do say you should check your money, you shouldn't check your money so much because you'll just go nuts. So March 2nd, 2021, 2:11 p.m., I had an unrealized gain of 147.72%. What does that mean? Well, you are basically gaining or losing on paper. So it's a paper gain, paper loss. You haven't actually gained or lost anything until you take the money out. Okay. So for that particular day, I had an unrealized gain of $706. All right. It also shows me that I had contributions for 2021 of zero and contributions for 2020 of $2,000. The way this works is you have until April 15th, unless like last year, they actually extended it to July. But typically you have till April 15th to contribute for the prior tax year. So I actually have another month or so to contribute the extra $4,000 if that's what I want to do. There's also an income limit to this. So if you see that you're getting close to the cap, you may want to just max it out because you may not have that chance to contribute any longer to the account the following year. Okay. All right. It also tells me that from November 9th, 2018 to March 1st, 2021, my performance is up 79.44%. This is interesting to me. And the reason I say that is because in 2017, I believe, is when I started grad school for family financial planning. So what happened was when I originally opened the account, I honestly and truly had no idea what I was doing. I knew I should open the account. I started it. I picked some stuff, which I'll go through. And that was really it. So you know how like, Sometimes you pick the Super Bowl winner based on, I don't know, your favorite color. 
that's kind of how I went about picking my stocks. So I'm going to start off by saying, or at least at this point say, I am not providing investment advice. I am also not providing tax advice. I am simply walking through my account. I am checking my money with you guys listening. So the Dow Jones Industrial Average, which is an index that measures stock performance of the 30 largest companies listed in the U.S. Stock Exchange, had a performance of 28.52%. And like I just said, mine was 79.44. So I actually did really well compared to the Dow Jones Industrial Average. You may have also heard about the S&P 500. That actually compares the 500 large companies. All right, so like I said, when I opened it, 2009, didn't really know what I was doing. Picked it based on my favorite color, so to speak. And by color, I mean green, literally. So I looked at to see what was trading the most at that time. When you log into Yahoo Finance or Morningstar or any of these sites where you can track funds, you're going to see a bunch of different things. You're going to see charts and you're going to see either a green number or a red number. Red means it's gone down. Green means it's gone up. So I picked green because I want something that's going up. I've since learned that green just meant it was up for that minute. So like I said, when I told you I checked this at 2.11 or 2.08 this particular day, it was either red or green at that point. If I would have checked it five minutes later, it could have been the opposite color. So I literally picked this based on the fact that it was green. So when you do your research, let's just say QQQ, for example, you're going to see something that says uh, year to date earnings. So it's basically gone up or gone down. So you're going to see green, you're going to see red, and you're going to see a percentage. And then you're going to see something called an expense ratio. This will be for the exchange traded funds and the mutual funds. An expense ratio is the percentage that they're basically charging you to manage the fund. So you want to look for something that basically has a low expense ratio. But I got to tell you, I've got QQQ. And when I checked it, the expense ratio was 0.2. My SPY expense ratio was 0.09. So you would think, all right, well, then why didn't you put all your money in SPY? And I'm assuming that's doing better. They're not charging you much for, you know, for managing it. Why don't you just put your money there? Well, when I'm looking at my chart here, I'm seeing that QQQ from when I bought it to this particular moment in time was up 328.77%. I literally made almost $40,000 in this particular fund. Okay, so I put in $11,000 in this fund and have made 328% of my money. With SPY, I've made 148% of my money. So I've put in also about $11,000. I want to say like I had $22,000 at this time, it looks like. And I've made 16 grand in that particular fund. The other thing you can pick is a mutual fund. A mutual fund is, the definition is, a professionally managed investment fund that pools money to purchase securities. So you've got a company, whether it be Vanguard, Fidelity, you know, one of those, that manage the fund. They choose what's going in the fund, and these trade once a day. 
So you're not going to see the green up and down throughout the day because it's only the one time. Now, what I have, what I bought in actually in April of 2019 is something called AOFAX. Now, that expense ratio is 1.19%, but that's up almost 63%. So I'm going to leave it there. Okay. I also have something called FDGFX. And I know I'm reading a lot of letters. Just you guys jot this down, do your research, look into it. If you have questions, if you're curious about what certain things mean, please feel free to reach out to me. Schedule on my website. You can schedule a half an hour chat with me. We can go over some of this stuff. If you guys have questions and you just don't know where to look, don't understand what you're reading, I can help you with that. Again, I cannot provide investment advice. I say that very clearly, very boldly, but I can help you figure out what to look at and what to look for, okay? So FDGFX, that has an expense ratio of 0.49. It has a yield of 1.89% and it has a year-to-date return of negative 0.42. So at this moment in time, it was actually down but I've made 24% in there. That one I bought in June of 2020. So these the, the dates matter to me, not to you obviously, but the dates matter to me because it actually shows me what I was doing, what I was thinking at that time. So if you think about June of 2020, that's when things were going crazy. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to buy something basically on sale is how I looked at it. Right? So I also, you know, when I look at April of 2019, I was also in a transitional moment in my life at that point. So like I've mentioned before, the reason I call my podcast, Check Your Money, is because while I was in school and doing the schoolwork for, for my master's, I would it would take me forever to get through my homework sometimes because I would literally stop to check my money. Am I doing that? Am I, wait, I have a, you know, do I have a will? No, I don't have that. You know, I should do it this way. I should do it that way. I would literally just stop and and check whatever it was that I was doing in my schoolwork. I would make sure that I was already applying it in my life or set the goal to apply it. And so that's why these dates matter to me. To that point, Pfizer. I decide I'm going to buy Pfizer. July of 2020. Why? COVID vaccine. That one, unfortunately, at this particular point in time, negative 7.7%. So I've lost $37 in there. The reason I put Pfizer in my Roth IRA is because I figured it will pay dividends. Now, if you put dividends in your regular brokerage account, you're going to get taxed on those dividends. Those are earnings. I figure if I put them in my Roth IRA, I won't get taxed on them. So this will continue to grow and I'll never get taxed on it because it's growth in my Roth IRA. So that was my thought process behind Pfizer, as well as I actually also bought AT&T. So same reasoning. Unfortunately, AT&T also down when I did this. So it was negative 5%. And I'm not talking a lot of money, guys. Like I literally sometimes just put $100 or something. This particular one, it looks like I put like 300 bucks in AT&T. That's what I put in there. So I'm not, you know, I'm not putting boatloads of money. I'm putting what I can afford at the time. And 
whatever I'm thinking at the time is what I'm doing. So in December of 2008, I went and bought something called NMCAX. That is actually managed by Voya. So it's a Voya mid-cap, so mid-cap type securities. That expense ratio is a little high. I didn't even really realize that until I checked my money just now. That's at 1.28. So it's high compared to everything else. And I have a growth there of 70%. So that's something I might want to think about maybe switching over to something else. My only thing is I've had it since 2008. I don't really know if I want to get rid of it. Uh, I really got to think about that. And it's also down this year by negative 2.88. So it's something I'm just going to keep an eye on and I'll decide what I'm going to do with that. All right, so I've got two more. I've got VTEB and I've got XOUT. They're both exchange traded funds. Now VTEB, the expense ratio is 0.06 and it's up only 2.4% from when I bought it in May of 2020. Then I've got the other one is 0.6, but that's up 21.24%. So my point with that is don't rely solely on one thing, one aspect of your research of, of, of checking out these mutual funds and exchange traded funds and stocks. I used to watch a lot of uh, people's court and Judge Melian used to say, lo barato sale caro, which means the cheap comes out expensive. And in this particular case, if I was relying solely on expense ratio, I wouldn't be up 21% on my XOUT. So just do your research, look up all these funds, you know, just kind of have fun with it and figure out what you want to do for your life. Now, I talked about when I checked this, which was March 2nd, 2011. I checked it again on March 3rd at 1050. And guess what? I was down $2,000 from the day before. Now, what's my point with that? That's a paper loss. So on paper, I was down $2,000. Now, if I had to actually withdraw that money, then I would actually have lost $2,000. But I bet if I check now, I don't know, maybe it's up $4,000 or something like that. So I'm literally riding the market. And that's really what you're doing when you're investing. You're riding the wave and you have to go with the ups and you have to go with the downs. Personally, if I was really, really close to retiring, I wouldn't have so much money in the stock market because it's risky, but that's me. Um, that's probably when I'd be doing more bonds and stuff like that. But I thought that this was really important for me to cover. I hope you guys have had fun checking my money. I thought it was important because I figure, you know, I do these episodes where I try to show you guys you know, what options you have when it comes to money, retirement, insurance, all that kind of stuff. But I wanted to just kind of show, well, you know what, Norma, what are you doing with your money? You know, you're asking us to check our money. Let's check your money. Like, what are you, who are you and, and how are you handling it? So this is me. This is how I'm handling it. If you guys have any questions at all, please feel free to send me a message. You can book some time with me on my website. That's checkyourmoney.today. You can also send me an email, norma at checkyourmoney.today. 
And I'll be happy to help you figure out where you can go to do your research. Because again, I cannot provide investment advice. I cannot provide tax advice, but I can guide you as to where you can start doing the research so that you can form your own opinions and create your own investments if that's what you decide. So I just want to interrupt myself for a moment. And by that, I mean, I literally finished recording this and then something occurred to me as I thought about this. So when I talk about how I started in April of 2009. And then at some point I did mention that I think $11,000 or so went into a particular fund. But if you recall, I also mentioned that there's a, a cap, there's a limit that you can contribute to your Roth IRA, which is really below $11,000. So I was thinking about that and it occurred to me, this is actually what happened. I put the money in the fund in April of 2009, but I actually started contributing sometime sooner than that. And this is what I'm talking about when I when I talk about the learning curve that occurs sometimes. So I had started contributing to the Roth IRA, but I didn't realize that there's another step to that. And that's an important lesson for people. Yes, you need to contribute. But once you put that money in the account, that's literally what you're doing. You're putting the money in the account. Once you do that, the next step is literally telling it what to do and where to go. And that's when you start putting the money that's in the account in funds. So I hope I haven't confused anyone. If you do have questions, like I say later on in the episode, please feel free to DM me, schedule some time with me, and I'll walk over the steps with you. Again, I will not provide investment advice or what funds to put your money into, but I will go over the basic steps of how to fund and move your money into buckets within an IRA. You're not necessarily going to start off knowing everything, and that's perfectly fine. The first step is putting the money in it. And I mean, I could kick myself in the butt for not knowing it sooner, but I'm also glad that at some point I did figure out that there were additional steps and I took them and my money's growing. So that's that. Check your knowledge. So where can you go to do some research on these stocks, mutual funds, and exchange-traded funds? Well, if you already have an account somewhere, you'll probably have something in there that's called portfolio news, and you'll actually see news about the stuff that's already in your portfolio. If you don't have one, you can check Morningstar. They actually have a rating system in there. So five stars is the most. That's what Morningstar decides is a five-rated fund. You can check Yahoo Finance. They have a bunch of information on Yahoo Finance, as well as news on the companies and the funds. You can check Zach's Finance. They also have an app, a lot of news there, and he gives his rating. I like Jim Cramer. He has something called in his shows, The Lightning Round. So even if you just Google The Lightning Round, you'll hear like his, you know, one minute or four minute wrap up on on stocks and he just kind of responds to questions. And I also like Kiplinger's, that's a magazine, and they provide some really great information in there. 
What's nice about them is that they talk about bank accounts that have like great rewards and high interest uh, that they're you know giving back right now um, and stuff like that. So Kiplinger's is actually a really great resource. So that's it. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed sharing my money with you and I hope you have a great day. And if you need anything, like I've said before, please let me know. Please reach out to me. I'm more than happy to talk to you guys. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you so much for listening today. I really appreciate your support and welcome your feedback. You can do that by liking, sharing, and rating. I also invite you to check out my website, checkyourmoney.today. You'll find links to my YouTube channel, upcoming blog, and so much more. Don't forget to check your money and be limitless. The information provided in the Check Your Money podcast, associated social media accounts, and website is intended solely for the personal non-commercial use of the user who accepts full responsibility of its use. While we have taken every precaution to ensure that the content of the aforementioned is both current and accurate, errors can occur. We accept no responsibility or liability for any errors or omissions in the content. The information provided by Check Your Money and its affiliated entities is general in nature provided for educational purposes only and should not be considered to be legal, tax, accounting, or investing advice. In all cases, you should consult with professional advisors familiar with your personal factual situation for advice concerning specific matters before making any decisions.